Hello and welcome to the next installment of the Opt-In Podcast. We are unfortunately missing one of our hosts, Kayla, this week, but we do have two other hosts with us as well. We do have our regular host, John. We also have the original co-founders of Options, Detective Jason Anasagasti from the NYPD. And we also have one of our lead facilitators, SSA Level 3, Harper. Gentlemen, so I brought you in here to give an even deeper dive into options. I know a few episodes ago we had D'Angelo in, one of our graduates, but now we're trying to see the other side. We're looking into a little bit behind the scenes and even further into the origins of options. So, Detective Anzagasti, why don't you tell us how all of this got started? How did it start? I was there, I was a NCO, a neighborhood coordination officer in Brownsville, East New York, and PSA2. Uh, I patrol majority of the housing complex. It came with a concept of how to get young people together, how to interact in a positive way, but most important is how to have those conversation pieces with the NYPD in the community and how to make it uh, more interactive. So obviously, I know we talked about in the last segment, the basketball tournament that we had different housing complex versus each other, but the most important component was having workshops. And it's something that then developed into like D'Angelo and, and John know into what you see today, the options program, using emotional intelligence, using the, the VR technology to really bring the young people together. Uh, so it was, and we didn't want to stop there. We didn't want to stop there. We wanted to involve more of the family members, the parents, more of the young people, and reach out to those kids that are not the athletes, right? Because I'm not an athlete myself at all. Um, uh, trust me, I know I'm terrible in basketball, but I tried, you know? I think every every kid wanted to play basketball with me because they know they could beat me in the court. Uh, it, it was something like, how can we communicate with more with young people? So it was like, I, I'm a big comic book head. I love comic books. Uh, I love animation. I love I love apparel, sneakers, you know, clothes. That's my thing. But how you can communicate to those young people. So it was like really talking to our young people. Like, what do you want to see besides your whole basketball event, or, you know, sports event? Like, what do you really want to see? And it comes this whole thing where you see options today. Uh, and it's something that, I mean, all of us here just talking about it and then me just taking a step back and seeing what everybody put together, especially over the summertime. It's just amazed what we, all the work that everybody has done, blood, sweat, and tears, the hours we put in, you know, off hours, weekends. And it's just constant work day in and day out, being that mentor for those young people that need us. Um, but seeing behind the uniform and how, we're here really to serve the community. Um, but it's really giving the kids that, that voice that they need at all the time. I mean, Harper, you can always jump in. Um, you know, giving them that voice and really taking their opinion, you know, to the next level and really implementing their concept. Like, obviously, tomorrow's Thanksgiving. And, you know, the concept that they had, like, we want to get back to our community. But they were like, listen, we just don't want to give away turkeys, right? Because some of these family members, and I mean, John, you could jump in anytime as well, too. You know, some of these families might not have a kitchen, right? Um, might not have the, the income that they need. What are they going to do with a frozen turkey? You know, that's what some of the young people said. They were like, listen, I think a hot meal would be something that I think the city could benefit from, right? Just throwing it in a microwave or on the stove or, you know, a hot pot or something. So, I mean, we got the meals on the go. And it was, it was designed by young people. I mean, it's kind of catchy, the name on it, and just the concept behind it. They put the budget together. They proposed it. It got approved by the police department, by the police foundation. And we're going to implement our first ever, you know, 
service hours with our community. So I think one of the biggest things to take away from that was that this was really youth-led. It wasn't you coming in saying, hey, guys, we're going to go do this. Let's grab some kids and go deliver food. It was you went to the kids and said, okay, how do you want to make a difference in your community? And they came to you and said, this is how, this is what we want to do. We want to give out hot meals, not just frozen turkeys. And then here's put together the budget, put together the logistics to it. And they were the ones that really came out and did it. I think it's really, really special and important because it's not, it's not like, you know, it's not something the NYPD is basically doing by themselves. It's like you said, it's from the youth and it's a part of the community. You know, it's, it's community outreach and trying to help the community from the community itself. And I think that's something special that we don't see enough. So, Harper, how did you get involved into the options program now? And be honest, Harper, because, you know, I tracked you down for a couple of months because Harper was like the best of the best when it comes to presentations in Brooklyn North, was the best of the best when I saw interacting with young people. When I first met him, I was just blown away. I was like, I wish I met Harper when I went to public school out here in New York City. And look at him now. He's a part of the team. I mean, we're working all together. And I, and I, I mean, listen, every day I'm... I'm grateful for the team that we have, but I personally, and I say this all the time, you know, without Harper and his vision, he took he took this emotional intelligence component, the training, the the uniform members of the service and civilian to our next level. So yeah, Harper, I'm sorry for cutting in, but <laughs> do your nah, thing, it's brother. Cool. No, it's cool. Um, you know, I it's funny. You know, I I was uh, scheduled to do a presentation. Um, I believe it was about youth law and bullying at uh, one of the local high schools in Brownsville. And when I walked in, um, I saw this virtual reality kit. I saw these couple of officers sitting in, in the room and they were wrapping up their program. And then I was coming in behind them. And um, I sat in on the tail end of uh, the beginning of what options, you know, the, the birth of options. And I was impressed, you know, from from the, from the jump, from just a little five minutes that I heard and, uh, you know, Jason uh, introduced himself to me. And the first thing I, I'll never forget, he said to me, he said, man, it would be cool if we can get school safety involved and them doing some of these workshops and stuff like that. And I, you know, I said, definitely, definitely. And uh, over the course of, you know, the next couple of months, you know, we were in communications and going back and forth of how to uh, kind of continue to bridge the gap between the young people in the police department, but actually getting the message of options out to the masses and, um, you know, a few short years later, here we are. Um, I, I get overwhelmed, you know, just, uh, you know, networking and communicating with our young people that we have working with us, you know, and being able to celebrate in some of the uh, accolades and triumphs that they have personally. Like even earlier today, you know, we all find out at the same time because we all have a group chat with like 30 of our ambassadors that one was accepted into John Jay University. So, you know, we always say, you know, me and Jason went to another scholar's uh, graduation from the uh, EMS, uh, FDNY Academy. And I and I, I posted a picture saying we're like proud uncles. So um, we're invested. And this is all through options. You know, options is not just one of these fly by night programs that, you know, an organization puts on or even the police department says, you know, here, let's do this. It's not a photo op. Not for me. You know, and I can speak for the rest of the team. It's not a photo op for us, you know, because we do this, you know, at home, you know, with the extra hours at work when we're not, you know, putting in overtime, you know, we're still doing it. And it's because of the work that, you know, we want to see, you know, in our in our communities, in these communities that we police and with the young people that um, 
uh, part of this program. So, you know, I owe it all to options and um, it's only going to get bigger and better. So, Jason, with the extreme growth we've seen in options in in the few short years that it's been running, do you have a favorite memory that stands out to you? Just a moment or or, or an event or, or anything that has happened in this short time that that really made you step back and say, wow, we're, we're really doing something here. I won't say it was an event. It was more of a concept that we had with the learn to earn, with the options, learn to earn. I thought it was such a catchy name. Uh, you're learning something and then you're earning something. And, and I mean, when we had these discussions about how that would look like and then when the pandemic hit, uh, you know, there was organizations trying to figure out what funding with the city and how young people not getting hired. We were like, you know, we have to do something. Uh, you know, we the pandemic is here. Our young people are not getting paid. You know, crime might be spiking. You know, we're in a crisis. And then you guys, I mean, when I mean you guys, every single one of you guys stepped up to the plate and really served our young people with the Learn to Earn. We had over 150 young people that signed up. Everything was virtual. With just the feedback we were getting with our young people that were like, this was, was the best summer intern. I don't know because they earned so much money and they stood in the comfort of their home. I don't know what it was in their pajamas. But it was more the parents reaching out to us and were like, listen, our kids learn so much about stocks, about bonds, about storyboarding, about you facilitators talking to, you know, potential, you know, CEOs of future companies, maybe potential mayor of New York City. It's just like them networking was something that to me was so impressive how you guys stepped up but more importantly how our young people logged in day in and day out and how our young people really articulated and continue staying with us i mean they could have just got their checks right over the summertime we could agree on that spend all their money right um and then not come back but they're actually coming back texting us like we want to be part of this options community that, that you guys built you know, we want to be in conjunction with the NYPD and the Police Foundation to help out more young people, especially in crisis that we're at now. So that's kind of my favorite moment right now. I have so many. I could stay in this podcast for hours. I think we probably <laughs> got to do like six more segments on it because you know how I am, guys. When I start, I never stop, right? Listen, yeah. my, I'll, I'll share mine. So. Yeah, please do. And I do have a couple, but, um, you know, I'll touch on this because throughout my going on 15-year career, you know, when I started doing workshops and and doing things outside of the norm of the department, I've always looked to, you know, either an immediate supervisor or even, you know, a CEO, you know, for support, whether it was just come look at a presentation. I understand bosses get busy on this job, but I wanted them to see the value in the work that we were doing. So a moment that stuck out to me was when my CEO came up to me and said, listen, I got a call about you being a part of this program. And, um, you know, the department is changing. Different units are being, you know, dismantled. She said, but I'm keeping you because of the work that you guys are doing. It's very important. She said, I wish, you know, I lived in the area where I can put my son in the program. She said, you know, basically give me the green light to continue doing this work and continue making it, you know, help making it bigger than, you know, than what it is today. So once I got that from, you know, leadership within my command, that kind of just like, you know, sky was the limit to me, you know, so that and, and that's all you hope for when you, you know, I don't care, uh, PO, detective, agent, whatever the case is. Once you have the support of your command, your, whether it's a direct supervisor, you know, it, it, it means a lot. It goes a long way. And especially if you're doing work for, you know, with young people, you would hope that there would be no red tape 
you know, somebody saying, no, I need you on this corner, you know, this, you know, so to have that support from my, my, um, my administrative staff and my CEO in particular, that was a moment that uh, stuck out for me. I mean, I remember times that we used to do presentations in Brownsville, East New York, right? And then I had people from 1PP show up. And you already know, people from headquarters showing up, sitting in the audience, just evaluating me, Joe, and Zhang on the presentation, and then just taking notes. And then I look at Joe, like, what's going on here? And it was like a recruitment, right? They were really looking at the substance of the program to see what the value is, how we could really impact young people's lives. And the department saw the value in all of us and was like, we're going to invest in this. And there's something like, you know, like Sergeant Moultrie, he retired, you know, from Chief of Patrol's office at the time that Chief Harrison was the executive there. I mean, the opportunity that he was able to provide and give to us, and now we all work under Chief Marjorie, you know, even with the first Depp's office, Ben Tucker and with the PC O'Neill, retired PC O'Neill, and then now with Commissioner Shea. I mean, just, just the support that we're getting overall. I mean, it's, we're just agents, we're cops, we're detectives, but, you know, the administrative is just supporting us overall. I think it boosts our morale. And then with us being so high like that, and then we could then give that positive energy to our community. And then the young people see, I mean, John, you see it all the time, right? A lot of the times when people think of the youth, they genuinely just think that, you know, there's a limitation to what we can do. And there's a limitation to the ideas we have. And we mentioned how, like, the event tomorrow is basically completely youth planned. Like, can you talk more about that experience with us? Yeah. You know what? I think that was a mistake that a lot of organizations made throughout the years. You know, they say, well, the young people need this and this is what we're going to do for them. The young people should be doing this. So this is what we're going to provide, whether it was a community center, whether it was resources and never spoke to those constituents. If you want to be political, never got with the young people. And and that's one thing I think options kind of, um, you know, set forth and kind of trailblaze, if you will. We say, you know what, let's hear it from the young people. What do they want to do? What do they want to see in their community? What type of policing they want to see in their community? You know, all of the stuff that we did with Learn to Earn, every step of the way, from the beginning of options, when we had our post-survey, person post and, and, and pre-surveys, and we would ask them, what would you like to see? What type of opportunities would you like to have? And we took every bit of feedback. I even remember personally, the beginning of June, you know, going through the crates of all the presentations that we've done throughout the five boroughs over the past couple of years. We're talking about thousands of surveys. And looking and looking at the looking at the comment section. And this is what they wanted. You know, young people wanted to learn about technology. So so we did a, a communications track. Uh, you know, young people wanted to learn more about finances. You know, they wanted to be a part of the program. So we said, you know what, we're gonna give them what they want. I think that's the biggest difference between options and any other you know, program and not to knock any other program that's doing great work, but we let the young people lead, you know, they tell us what it should be or how it should be. And we, you know, with minimal guidance, because we got some phenomenal, phenomenal young people that really can take this thing and and don't even really need too much guidance, but they, they come up with great ideas. Uh, I'm reminded, John, you know, even talking about it, the email that you sent us about, you know, having a voice, during during the protests and, and where we stood at as as a unit, you know, as options. And, you know, we took that to heart and we say, you know what, John is right. You know, so Yeah, John, I, John, can you explain that how that process was? I mean, I remember having that conversation with Harper when you email, 
you know, the police foundation, your email, a detective in NYPD, your email, Harper. It was a choice that I was a little hesitant to make at first because um, we were kind of in the heat of the summer and um, a lot of things were escalating in a lot of different communities. And um, I kind of remained silent for a little bit because I wanted to see if, you know, options would address it on their own because, you know, we have, you know, our message is we're for the community. We want to help the community. We want to support the youth and support the community. And um, during the protests, everything that was happening, it is the youth and the communities that were a part of the protest that that wanted a voice that had to get a certain message across. And for this time period, you know, not to, to say anything, I don't want us to come off wrong, but options was kind of quiet. You know, we didn't really get an email or any contact about anything of, you know, any insight. Um, so I kind of sat with myself for an entire day deciding how do I want to go about this? Do I want to like speak to just, uh, Jason privately or et cetera. And I decided, um, after like hours and hours of thinking, I wrote up a draft of an email and I ran it past, um, a group of peers that I look up to. And once it got approved by all of my peers, I decided to send it. I, I emailed the police foundation itself and I emailed, um, both of the creators of the options program. I think I CC'd Harper, mm-hmm. Um, kind of all of the people who kind of are really important in the program saying that we have a message and we have a goal. And unfortunately, I don't want to feel pushed or pressured to leave the program because I love the program and it's what I stand for, but I also can't support silence on such a sensitive issue. And um, it was quickly responded to um, by Greg and by Jason with a positive um, feedback, which then led to us kind of really pushing really hard on the learn to earn aspect for the summer kind of giving the youth a voice and giving the youth something to do. Yeah, I can really re- remember the, the, you can feel the emotion that you had in that email. And that's that's really what this program is about. And not to steer it back to that, but that you're, uh, my point is, is like you're exactly the kind of, of person we want in this program. Somebody that isn't afraid to step up and voice your opinion to us. Like anyone could sit there and, and any ideas that we just come up with as police officers and they're just like, yeah, yeah, let's do that. That's great. That's great. You'll sit there and say, no, that's not going to work or let's do this instead. So I think that's why it, it's key to have outspoken people like that. But since we always want to hear the youth's opinion, John, how do you want to see this program expand and go forward? Where do you want to see options in one year, five years, 10 years, 20 years? I always strongly say that the most important part of this program has been the youth and has been the impact the youth has had on the program and the impact the program has had on the youth. And I think the only way for us to continue to progress and to get bigger and better is to not just be confined in the five boroughs. We need to be all over the state, you know, be all over the country. And, you know, hopefully one day in the future have a program like this kind of all over all over the world. Because this is an opportunity that I think the vast majority of the youth need and should have. That That's how I think we could get better, honestly. I kind of agree with with John on that perspective. I mean, the, the options program has opened up so many doors for all of us, uh, not within our, you know, our careers, NYPD, but also in our personal career as well, too, like developing concepts and really connecting with other adults and young people that need it. I mean, we are having other police departments reach out to us and like, how do you guys put in these programs together? How does you guys stay sustainable enough to really reach out to these young people when schools are closed and we're in, in a pandemic? How are we using technology to our advantage? Uh, but I agree with John 100%. I mean, I think it's possible and it's going to happen in the near future for us to go, obviously, nationwide, worldwide. I mean, I can't speak 
other languages, but we definitely could get other people, right? <laughs> but uh, that's where the kids come in. We'll have kids uh, that'll speak other languages exactly. and translate for us. But the, but the, the the point is, right? Like I would love to start traveling around, you know, the world, representing options with NYPD's blessings, and really start helping out what's going on everywhere. I mean, we would all love to, right? Uh, most definitely. Most yes. definitely. I wouldn't mind traveling and spreading the gospel. Yeah. I be, I be, <laughs> that sounds nice. Just the I, traveling part. It does. But, you know, like, I know we always talk about, like, our young people, but, like, we're building right now an army, right, of young facilitators right now that's going to step in our shoes to teach other young people. And I, sometimes I think this program really emphasizes on that because when you have a young, pe- a young person um, teaching you the same concept and philosophies as well too, and us just behind the scenes of things. Yeah, I, I, it's to me. I'm like, listen, you know, we've said it, people said it. I've heard it when I was a kid. You know, they talk about the children being the future and and this, that, and the other. You have to equip them to be, you know, what you expect them to be in the future. And having young facilitators, uh, that just, you know, the concept kind of blew my mind and I'm like yes yes let's do it let's do it you know it's time out for young people uh just you know taking a back seat to the adults they got great ideas they may not be able to articulate themselves but let's help them in that in that avenue let's teach them how to facilitate teach them how to you know speak in front of an audience with the uh with COVID-19 let's teach them how to do a zoom call uh uh computer etiquette you know all of that stuff and and have them you know push this message out there on their own, you know, where the way they would talk about it and, and, and where they're comfortable with it. You know, having young people just be the face of this program, you know, I think that's next level right there. Uh, and I'm, I'm all for it. And with that, let's take a moment to pause and thank our sponsors. And we're back. So we went on a lot with options and specifically where we've been in the last couple of months, which was Learn to Earn. And Learn to Earn has been all remote. But before that, we had a very in-depth three-day program, which involved virtual reality, emotional intelligence, and teaching kids de-escalation skills. So Harper, why don't you want to go to being our lead facilitator? Why don't you jump into that a little bit? Options, the three-day program, you know, pretty much um, we start off you know, with the introduction of who we are, what the program is all about. But I like how, um, you know, the program can be three days consecutive or one long, you know, a uh, uh, couple of hours or so. But when we break it up, you know, you really get to see the evolution of the relationships that you can build with young people or even adults. When we do this with police officers, you know, seeing, you know, the, the reaction and the reception over the days, over the three days, so the first day, again, introduction, and we really get into emotional intelligence. We use the uh, mood meter that was introduced uh, by Yale University. And we talk about, you know, emotions and how to manage and how to, you know, uh, uh, transition from one mood to the next and why that's important uh, in everyday life, but especially dealing with, you know, interactions with police officers in the community, Um Interactions with loved ones, interactions with fellow students if you're in a class or in a school setting, um, just overall, just life in general. And we we delve into emotional intelligence and we talk about, you know, uh, triggers, um, why it's important to know triggers. What's your favorite trigger? Me 
somebody telling me how I feel. I always, I always share that one. You know, um, a trigger for me personally is when somebody tells me if I'm upset when I'm not upset. And that's majority of the time. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, but knowing knowing that and knowing how to deal with that, you know, a lot of young people, even adults, some people don't know how to, um, you know, transition or how to react when when triggered. You know, so we also talk about tips and we give tools, tools and tips on how to transition. Sometimes people can do it naturally, but some people, you know, before they know it, their fists are clenched up, their legs are shaking, you know, and you know they're somewhere in the red. You know, so we teach them if you're into music like myself, I'm a musician and I'm also into music. You know, I use music to transition. I'm either humming, I'm tapping on something or I'm listening to music and then I can go from either blue to green or, or red to yellow. So we teach on how to identify that emotion properly, label it and then transition. And nine times out of 10, when you move in that manner where you can transition from one mood to the next, your decision making skills or a whole lot better, right? We, so that's day one when we talk about that. It's really meaty and it's informative. And then you're building a relationship at the same time because people start realizing things about themselves that they didn't know. Then day two, we we, we start talking about escalating skills versus de-escalating skills. And, and we, you know, we talk about examples. What is something that could be escalated? What type of behavior or, or comments? So we get into that. And then by day three, what we were doing, like Joe said, prior to COVID-19 was we would introduce the virtual reality uh, scenarios where we had the headsets and we would put the user in the headset and we would have real life scenarios play out. And you're in a virtual world looking at someone getting knocked out, someone being shot, uh, someone being recruited by gangs. And then you have to make a decision. You know, how do you handle that emotionally? You know, and, and, and falling back to emotional intelligence. What's the right decision to make for yourself? What's the wrong one? And one of the things we never did and never wanted to do was tell a young person, this is what you're supposed to do. This is how you're supposed to handle it. You know, adults are kind of wrong when it comes to that. We've been doing that over the years, but everybody's situation is different. So we teach them to make decisions based on what's best for them in that moment. What's going to get them home safe to their family? What's going to keep them out of jail? And Every presentation that we've done, I would say 99.999% of the time, everyone saw a different way of handling tense situations, situations with police officers, situations with their peers, whether it was gang related, anything, you know, so that and where where options at now with the with the presentations. And again, we've gone, you know, remotely with a lot. But all of that, the, the foundation of options and using the virtual reality of three days, you know, that goes a long way. And a lot of the young people that work with us now came from that. They came from those three-day presentations, and they said, you know what, I like what I heard those three days, and I want to do more. You know, um, and one of, the, one of the young people that do stick out to me, um, Mackenzie, who's part of the team now. Mackenzie, I met her at Boys and Girls High School, and I did uh, a three-day at her school. And when I got to the end, I gave out the surveys. I said, um, if you'd like to be a part of the team, you know, we have opportunities coming up. This was in 2018, 2019, not knowing what the world would look like in 2020. And Mackenzie reached out. She said, you know, I remember you came to my school, Sergeant Harper. I want to be a part. And now she's one of our lead ambassadors, you know, and she's doing the, you know, learn. She did the learn to earn. 
Now she's working with us throughout, you know, coming up with great ideas. She's an entrepreneur herself, um, positive, positive young lady. And to see her, you know, join the team just from experiencing that three-day session, you know, goes a long way. It tells me that we're on the right track. And now everybody knows why you're the, uh, the facilitator, right? <laughs> He's the best of the best to explain this. I mean, think about it. I mean, people always try to tell me, can you explain this program in less than 30 seconds? It's like nearly impossible. We had to create a whole podcast segment just to explain it. <laughs> two it of is, them. It's two parts it's to the it. the second podcast explaining it. And it's it. only because, it, it, you know, it, you know, hats off to, to you guys, man. Like, you know, you always say, Jay, it's a team effort. And it's truly, you know, that's a cliche saying, but really. You can't, no, not one person can do this. You can have the idea and the concept, but it takes so much that goes into it. And then the more the more we do it, it's almost like a, a, a octopus, all the, all the different extensions and tentacles to this thing. Like options has really lived up to its name. It's so many different options. We got something for every young person in the city. If you're into sports, if you're into computers, you know, if you look at our team, the, the small team that it is, we all come from different backgrounds. We all have different interests, but it works. So now we're extend we're extending that to young people and saying, listen, you can be an athlete, you can get something out of this. You can be, you know, a straight A student, you can get something out of this. You can be a student that's struggling, you can get something out of it. You know, giving out those uh those scholarships to those those young people in the beginning of the year, that was so awesome. And one of the parents said to me, How come we don't hear more about this? This should be on the news. This should be, you know, all over the place. People, should, Parents should know about options. And she was 100% correct. So I'm hoping, like, even with this podcast that, you know, people hear it, we, we spread the word out, and, and it gets even bigger, you know, where we have to expand our team. But, Joe, I want to hear your favorite moment, us working together. Al, and I. When you told me I could do a podcast. <laughs> I kind of draw him in with that one real fast. <laughs> he had the voice for it. He knew about the technology component. Anything that I've wanted to do here um from the video game side of things from the podcast side of things obviously i'm the nerd involved in this so and there's always been something for me from making videos from making podcasts to creating video game tournaments now it's like you've said like everything has been like each great moment just supersedes the next like it's just been nothing but i mean it's it's from the back end of the department right for my executives that have been supporting us since day one sure i mean even while serving our community but most important our young people really believe in it and them coming out i mean we could have an amazing event we could draw it all up it could sound good we get all the funding but they have nobody in the building right what's always amazed me about options is we always pack the house yeah i mean look at with the meals on the go type of thing i mean we got young people that be like, no, I, w- I want to show up. I want to show yeah. up, but obviously we got to fit. Not just showing up, but inviting friends. Yeah. Like we got somebody bringing a friend who just heard about the program, not about the you know you know options as a whole, but heard about what these young people were doing. And she said, you know, I want to go with you. Yeah, you know. So I think that's awesome too. They're telling their friends about what they're involved in. You know, whether it's whether they lead with I work with the police or not, I'm not sure. But you know, they're talking about it. Obviously, it comes up in conversation. You know, actually, one of the young people reached out to me. The, the friend texted me last night and says, uh, I got your number from, you know, Adriana. She says, I can join you guys. I said, yeah, look forward to seeing you on Wednesday. And it's funny that you say that today an officer came up to me. was like, hey, listen, I did with a lot of young people. How can I refer them to the options program? I was like, listen, you can always email, text me, you know, and you, you know they could. Just go to the website. 
you, exactly. Just go to the website, man. Follow us on IG as well too. Options.nyc. You know, we gotta increase our followers. Facebook, Twitter. We're on we're on all the social media. Good job, Joe. <laughs> I got you, I got you. Good job. I mean, I mean, it's like referrals is like our biggest thing as well, too, but then providing the resources to our young people. I like it because and and I think we hold each other, you know, accountable for stuff like that. Even, you know, with the police foundation, because you know, when we say we're giving the youth a voice and we're providing opportunities, it gotta be there. You know, I've I've grown up in these communities. And I've seen, you know, different things come and go. You know, basketball programs come and go. I was a part of a couple of teams in the neighborhood. But to actually have a program where young people are actually receiving the resources that are advertised on the window, you know, that's... It speaks volumes. It speaks volumes. Especially especially what's going on now with the crisis. Listen, this, you know, I'm hearing on the news, my children are hearing on the news, whether it's defund the police, the city is going broke, you know, we don't have the funds because we're so uh, far behind with COVID-19. MTA doesn't have funds. The, the the government doesn't have funds. And then here we come with a program where we're putting some funds in young people's pockets. And um, look at what John, you know, I I remember what John did. I don't know if he shared this, you know, when he he got his first, first couple of dollars from us. Yeah, John, what, what did you do with your first paycheck that you, that you earned uh, over the summertime? I got my, my first check and I remember Harper had actually delivered it to me. And the minute I got it from him, I was in slippers, sweatpants, and a sweater. Yes, he and was. And I had walked straight to the, straight to the yes, check cash place. I had cashed it. I had quickly went home, put on shoes, and I left to um, go thrifting. And at the end of that day, I had only gotten like three items, two shirts for me, and this like 100% authentic leather jacket from my father that cost me a little over 100 bucks. I'm not going to say how much it costs exactly, but it was the majority of the check. And it was something I wanted to do for my dad because throughout the entirety of me working with options, he always supported me um, despite some of the things that kind of hover over the tag of like NYPD. We got a million and one stories like that, right? And, and a million more to come. But yeah, I think that was just so dope that we um, we're saying we want to provide opportunities and we're doing it. You know, to to the point that my children at home said, we want to be a part of this. And I'm like, what? Okay, let's see. Yeah, and I remember I, that. And now they're in the financial track. And um, I, I went home yesterday, asked them, I said, I want you to tell me what you learned. And when my son said, uh, one of my sons said, oh, you know, the difference between, you know, wealth and uh, income. And he's laying it down to me. And I'm like, okay, all right. It's he, funny, he can right? start giving me allowance now. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So this is running very long as an episode, as we all knew it would. There's a lot to. I told you that it's going to be partly a part three, John. I do apologize. but John, before we get out of here, you got anything else to throw in? Yeah, I just wanted to say, like, you know, of course, thank you to Jason and, and to Harper. Because, like I said, throughout, like my father has supported me throughout his entire experience. And I know Jason and Harper has given me overwhelming amount of support. You know, help filling out my timesheet, you know, help with the checks and calculating the amount I made and just everything in general. You know, honestly, thank you guys. No, no, no. John, I, no, to be honest with you, we thank you because without you and really seeing our vision with this options program and really putting it forward, you know, we appreciate all the hard work that you put in and always sticking behind us. I mean, we support each other, but mostly, you know, young people believing in the dreams that we have. And trust me, this is not the end of options. We're coming. There isn't going to be an end. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you for opting in with us. 
for John, for Detective Anna Zagasti, for SSA Level 3 Harper, I am Officer Joe Galetta. Make sure you like and subscribe wherever you listen to us. Make sure you follow us on social media, Options NYC, and make sure you tune in next week. <laughs>